You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. You know, on this Mother's Day, we are going to be continuing in our series, and it's called Prevailing Prayer. And we have been in this series for several weeks now, and as we've been talking all different kinds of elements about prayer, and i got to be honest with you, all the way up until Thursday, I had a different message planned for today. And uh, I say this quite often here, and I probably need to continue to say it even more often, but it's, uh, it's simply this, that we always have a plan when we come to church, right? It's good to have a plan when we come to church, when we plan things and we get prepared for things. But our plan is always plan B, and God's plan is always plan A. And so as pastor here, I try to do my best that I may have something lined up. And I feel like, and in that message, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll probably, right now, as of right now, I'll preach it next weekend. But sometimes I'll have something in writing and I'm ready to go. And God will just remove the anointing from that message and say, it's not time for that yet. I have something else for you to say. And so this message is something that I feel like God put on my heart specifically for today, for Mother's Day. And, and it, and it kind of goes hand in hand with this. It's a, a reminder that godly motherhood is one of the purest forms of the gospel. It's one of the purest forms of living out the gospel. And here's what I mean by that. Um, Godly mothers lay aside their own needs for the needs of their their family and their kids. They sacrifice from day one, starting with their body. They sacrifice and lay down things in their life. Why? Because of love for someone else. Godly motherhood is a great example of the gospel. And I would say this, there's a lot that you can learn from a godly mother. And many times it's not always through talking. It's not always through having hours and hours of conversations. Most times what you can learn from a godly mother is through their living, how they handle themselves, how they handle their family, how they handle stressful situations. And so today I want to talk about one of the most important lessons that I've learned from my mom who has reiterated this to me time and time and time again in my life. Again, not necessarily through long conversations, but through a lifetime of examples in her life and encouraging me and my brothers to do the same. And so today I want to talk about the topic of of this. How do we have faithful endurance? That's the title for today's message. How do I have faithful endurance? And here's what I mean by that. Have you ever prayed for something and you did not experience the answer right away? Anybody, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, you may be sitting, Pastor Dan, I was actually talking to somebody this past week. Uh, yeah, that feels like 100% of the time that happens to me. I don't know what to do. What is it? So yeah, when that happens, when I pray, and though we, we've talked about prayer from a lot of different angles so far in the series, what do I do when I pray and nothing changes? Does that mean that I should pray again? Because maybe I didn't pray just right. God didn't hear me. Do I? Uh, does it mean that it's not God's will because he didn't show up immediately? Because if it was his will, he would just change it right now. What does it mean, and how do I handle myself when I pray, but I don't experience the answer? And so that's what we're going to talk about. And I'm going to uh, talk about it from uh, kind of our key verse today is from Daniel chapter 10. And this is the life of Daniel, and he's he's um, has this burden to pray, and he's praying, and he's asking God for something specific. 
But I think this few short verses here gives us a great insight into what happens whenever we pray in alignment with God's word for something that God wants to do, and maybe we don't experience something right away. And so Daniel chapter 10, starting in verse 12, let me read this. Daniel has prayed, he's waited several weeks, and finally an angel appears to him, and this is what we see. Then the angel, he said, the angel said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Look at this, since the first day you began to pray, for understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come." What does this show us? This is a great insight into what is happening in the spiritual realm sometimes, maybe oftentimes, whenever we pray for something from God. Daniel was a man of God. And so our enemy, our spiritual enemy, will do everything he can in the heavenly realm, in the spiritually realm, in the spiritual realm to keep answers from getting to godly people. Many times we pray, and sometimes you might not see something happen right away, but it's because you might not see the spiritual war and battle that is taking place for your, for your answer. Sometimes you have a messenger angel who is on their way to you, but they can't because they have, they're, they're in the fight for their life right now. They're fighting against a spiritual enemy who is blocking the way from them getting to you. But this is encouraging in the sense of what? He says, since the first day you begin to pray, your request has been heard. Did God not hear me for the first 21 days? Where was he? No, he heard the first day. As soon as I began to pray, as soon as I drew close to God, as soon as I began to call to God and say, Lord, I need you. Lord, where are you? Lord, I'm getting in your word. I believe this. I'm praying this. I'm speaking this. Lord, where are you? And he's right there. He hears it. But sometimes there might be a hindrance going on in the spiritual realm that we are unaware of. The moment I pray, heaven hears me, and the answer is mine, even if I don't have it yet. And this is what I want to show us today, that when we pray for things, oftentimes the answer was Daniel's. The answer is yours, even though Daniel wasn't receiving the answer just yet. He wasn't hearing the message, but according to God, God had sent the angel with the message. So from God's perspective, was the prayer answered? Yes. God's perspective is so much greater than our own. He sees things, sees things that we don't even see ourselves. Um, I would say this. There's always more happening in the spiritual realm than you think. There's always more happening in the spiritual realm than you think. And so today we're going to talk about how do we have faithful endurance. And so we're going to start from the very beginning here. I'm going to recap a little bit of what I might have already talked about in this series. The first thing is this. If I'm believing God for something, I have to ask in faith. This seems elementary, but let me tell you something. This is point number one. Ask in faith. I am amazed at how many people are hoping God does something, yet they have not asked him to do it. They haven't asked for him to move. They haven't got specific with their prayers. They're just hoping God will do do something. And here's what happens. Many times we think, well, God, he's sovereign, and so, well, God's just going to do what God's going to do. But we see in Scripture that God is inviting you and me into a partnership where he says your job is to ask. Yes, God is sovereign. He has bound his sovereignty to his word. And that's why in his word he says, 
ask. Let me show you a few. Matthew 6, 8 says this, For your Father, who knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. See, we read this and we often think, well, God already knows what I need. Why do I need to ask? We're reading it wrong. He says, I already know, but I still want you to ask. Why? Because God wants to have a conversation with you. God wants to have an intimate moment with you. Think about it in terms of a marriage or a relationship. I don't want to just never talk to my spouse and, well, they kind of know what I want. They, would, they know what I want for, for dinner. They know what I would like for uh, whatever might be coming up. No, I want to have a conversation with Leslie. Why? That's where our relationship gets stronger. Why would God need me to ask if he's going to do whatever he's going to do? Because he wants to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him, but he wants to talk to you. He wants you to hear his voice if we'll get quiet and we'll listen. But we have to ask. John 16, 23 says this, Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask, the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. This is the heart of the Father to you. He is a good father, a perfect father who has good things for you, not just so that you can have a million dollars in your bank account and never do anything with your life. No, he's got a, a purpose for you in this life. But his goodness goes beyond our understanding many times. And he's saying, ask me and see if I will not prove my faithfulness. See if I will not show up in ways that you can't even imagine. But if you've ever been believing God for something, for healing, for a promotion, for family issues to be resolved, for freedom from an addiction, you have to realize that even though God knows the details of my life, his invitation is still, ask me. Ask me for it. Come talk to me about it. It's the same way that I would approach with my son, Gavin. Let's have a conversation. Come sit on my knee. Come sit on the couch with me. Talk to me about what's going on in your life. Give me the details of what's going on in your life. Yet I'm amazed at how many, uh, the amount of Christians who are settling for less than God's promised because it hasn't shown up yet or maybe simply because I haven't had the faith to ask. Have I asked for it? If God spoke it, he's inviting you to ask for it and see. But many times, well, it seems too big. It seems too impossible. What if God doesn't answer that prayer? What if he doesn't? But the opposite is also true. What if he does? It seems impossible. Why would I even ask? What if he does answer that prayer? I want to live on this, this side over here. Lord, I'm going to ask, and I know this is crazy, and I know this sounds wild, but I'm going to ask you for it. And if you move, I'm going to give you all the glory. What if he does? What if he does? John 15, 7 says this, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. What is abiding? It's our whole purpose here as a church. Close, personal relationship with God remaining together with him. I don't ask him like a vending machine. When do I go to a vending machine? When I need something. Oh, we're sick. Go to the God vending machine. I need some healing. Oh, we, we got behind on our bills. Go to the God machine. Get some provision. It's not how this works. It's a relationship. Abiding is a relationship, and even more so, my words abide in you. Do I have this thing hidden in my heart? A lot of people are asking God for things as their vending machine. They're wondering why he hasn't shown up. Well, God doesn't answer those prayers, but they're not abiding. We're not doing what he's told us to do in his word so that he can do what he said he would do in his word, which is show up whenever we choose to ask in agreement with his word. So ask in faith. Point number two is this. Speak God's word in the waiting. I asked in faith, as much faith as I could muster, but God didn't show up immediately. 
I still have that pain. I'm still facing that issue. I still feel that depression, anxiety, whatever it might be. What do I do? Speak God's word in the waiting. I asked, now what? Now what do I do? What, what am I supposed to go? Where am I supposed to go here? What's encouraging, encouraging, when you look at the story of Daniel, when he prayed the first time, he didn't stop praying until the angel showed up. Daniel continued in prayer and fasting until the answer showed up. He continued to lean into God, not turn away from God because, well, God, I asked for wisdom and you didn't show up on day two. Must not be his will. I'm going to figure it out myself. He leaned into it. And the longer that the answer was delayed, the more he leaned into the answer and into God answering that prayer. Meaning this, if you've ever fasted before, you understand that the longer you go, the more you got to rely on God, especially for the first few days. But the longer you go, the more you really have to trust God to provide for your body. This is where Daniel was every day reminding himself, I am relying on God until that answer comes through. I'm going to lean into that relationship until that answer comes to, comes to me. And I would say this, this is why you must, if you've prayed for something, if maybe you're standing in the middle right now, we prayed and we don't see it just yet, you must have a daily confession. You have to have a daily confession. Let me show you why. In, in Mark eleven twenty two, 22, it says this, so Jesus said to them, he answered and he said to them, have faith in God. And then as he's, after he says that, he basically explains, how do I have faith in God? For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but be believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. God, is once again, is inviting us to use our mouths in our relationship with him. Oftentimes we say, you have to have more faith. Well, get more faith. Well, pray a little bit harder, whatever it might be. And I would say this, Jesus gives us a great insight into the power and the link between speaking and faith and believing. Let's read this again and let's count the comparison between how many times does Jesus say speak or say versus how many times does he say believe? We get focused on belief and belief is vital and it's important. We see that time and time again, but show, let's read this again. He says, for surely I say to you, whoever says, there's one, to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but he believes, one-to-one, -one, that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. What's Jesus showing us? That speaking is vital to the waiting, how do I wait with any type of faith and any type of confidence? What I, what I am saying is important. Jesus is not downplaying belief. Belief is crucial. But oftentimes we jump to belief before we take the roadmap to belief. Belief is important, but Jesus shows us that our belief increases when we speak. Why is it three to one? Because he says sometimes you're going to have to convince yourself that this word is more true than the mountain that you're facing in your life right now. And the only way you're going to be able to convince yourself is through speaking it over and over and over and over and over again. Look at Romans 10, 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is faith? It's belief. It's me believing, having faith in God's word. But I will tell you this, one of the best ways for you to hear God's word is to hear yourself saying God's word. 
when, oftentimes we read this verse and we think, well, I just got to put on more messages. I need to listen to more podcasts. I got to listen to that YouTube message. I have to continue to do this. And those aren't bad things. That does build your faith. Absolutely. But can I tell you, if you, if you don't do this, you need to. When you read your Bible every day, you need to read it out loud where you can hear yourself say it. It will change your life. It will change your quiet time with God. Your spirit is built. Your faith is built. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And the actual translation would be faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It's an ongoing thing. It's a never ending thing. But this is where we stop. We think, well, I heard that message one time and I'm good. And I'm good to face any battle that comes my way. And God is saying, Jesus is showing us in scripture, what you're saying matters. And if you want to have more faith, start speaking things that align with this. It will build your faith. It will build your faith. Proverbs 18, 21, this is the most popular. It says this, death and life are in the power of the, t- the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Whose tongue? My tongue. Your tongue. Those who love it will eat its fruit, meaning this. The words of today are the reality of tomorrow. The words of today are the reality of tomorrow. Some people, their marriage is in a rough place because all they ever say about their spouse is how stupid they are, how dumb they are, how can they never get it right, how they're just a moron. Yet they wonder why their marriage is full of death. What if we chose to speak life over our situation, over our spouse, over our relationships, and watch what would change in the spiritual realm and how the fruit of that would show up in the physical, in the natural realm? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So the question is this, do you know what God says about your situation? I'm facing a battle right now. I'm facing a diagnosis right now. I'm facing a mountain right now. Great. Do you know what God says about your situation? Here's what I'm saying when I say that. We wouldn't send, we wouldn't send our military into battle without any weapons. I pause because it's 2023 and I won't go down that road. We, don't, we wouldn't send our military, and normal, normally we wouldn't send our military into battle without any weapons. Yet many Christians are trying to fight a spiritual battle without any spiritual weapons. Without any spiritual weapons. Why am I getting my butt kicked? You, don't have any, you haven't equipped yourself with spiritual weapons. Too many Christians are trying to fight battles without speaking scripture and they wonder why they're not winning. When Jesus went toe-to-toe with the devil, how did he resist him and overcome temptation? Speaking God's word. Yet we think we can win this battle without doing what Jesus did. Well, I don't have to speak scripture over and over again. That was Jesus' first response. Why? Because when you speak God's word, God's word is called the sword of the spirit for a reason. When you speak, you are striking the enemy in the spiritual realm. Let's not fight spiritual battles without spiritual weapons. And I would say this as I wrap up this point. If I'm not speaking God's word, I'm guaranteed to fail. If I'm not speaking God's word, I'm guaranteed to fail. Because if I'm not speaking this, guess what? You are speaking something. If I'm not speaking God's word, Over this battle, I'm guaranteed to fail. If I'm not speaking God's word over my marriage, it's going to be rough. If I'm not speaking God's word over my kids, man, it's going to be a struggle. doesn't mean when I speak God's word, everything is sunshine and rainbows, but it does help me gain momentum in the spiritual realm to win battles. Point number three is this. Don't let doubt steal your promise. Don't let doubt steal your promise. When you believe God for something, especially for long periods of time, your greatest 
enemy will be doubt. Your greatest enemy will be doubt. And one of the biggest ways that doubt tries to creep in is through timing. We've been praying for a day. God, where are you? We've been praying for a week. God, where are you? We've been praying for a year. We've been praying for five years, for 10 years. Lord, why haven't you shown up yet? And when you begin to sink into that mindset, you think to yourself, it's never gonna happen. And doubt begins to pressure me and push me and say, you will never experience all God has for you. When it takes longer than I think it should take, I'm tempted to say, well, I guess it just wasn't God's will. But I wanna encourage you today to don't stop fighting. Don't let doubt steal your promise. Here's what I mean by this. When we understand what's happening in the spiritual realm with the story of Daniel, as soon as you prayed, God answered, but it was held up for a reason. Does anybody, anybody in here like to, to shop on Amazon, order stuff, right, order stuff online? When you click purchase, you get the confirmation. If you went outside and immediately checked your front porch and you didn't see it, and you got upset with Amazon, I'm never gonna use Amazon ever again. They don't care about me. Their customer service is garbage. Where is it? I'm just gonna go to Walmart and get it myself. It's foolish, right? It's on its way. It's on its way. Doubting God's word is foolish in the same way. Lord, I prayed in agreement with your word and I'm believing just like you did with, with Daniel. You heard it, you responded. I know I haven't seen it yet, but Lord, I'm believing that it will show up in your timing, in your timing and what you have for me. I haven't seen it yet, but Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm believing. We don't get upset with Amazon. And I think sometimes it reveals that we put more faith in Amazon than we do the Bible. Amazon will deliver. Show me when it's gonna show up. Do I have the faith to wait? And while I wait, do something by speaking God's word. James 1 verse 6 says this, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Scripture shows us the wickedness of doubt, how doubt will steal from you. He says, ask in faith with no doubting. Why? Because if I allow doubt to come in, he says, let not that man suppose they will receive anything from the Lord. It may take longer than you think it should, but God's ways are higher than your ways. There's always more going on in the spiritual realm than you think there is. Let me show you what I mean. Gavin, will you come up here and help me real quick? We guys give Gavin a round of applause as he comes up. Gavin, I'm having stand right, right here, Bubba. This is an illustration my pastor did all the time growing up, and it's called the rope of faith. It's a great illustration to show you exactly what this is like. Gavin's gonna represent a promise from God, and I'm gonna represent someone that's believing God for that promise. Here's what happens. The first step is I want that promise from God. I've gotta ask in faith. When I ask in faith, this is just like me putting this rope around Gavin here. Cinch him up, cinch him up, so you don't go anywhere. Now, in the natural, do I have Gavin yet? Yes and no. I don't have him in my hands. I can't touch him. 
can't feel them, can't smell them. I don't have them. But I do by faith. So when I ask in faith, I have my answer. What does God do? That's what he did for Daniel. He sends it. It's on its way, but I don't have it in my hands yet. So my job is to do something in the waiting, which is what? Speaking God's word. Lord, I thank you that I'm one day closer. I thank you that you said you'd provide every need. Lord, I thank you that your word says that by your stripes we were healed. I'm going to continue to speak healing in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that you are bringing that perfect person for that relationship. Lord, for what you have for me, I thank you for it. I'm going to keep speaking in Jesus' name until eventually what happens? I got my boy. I got my promise. I got him now. I can, I can feel him. I can squeeze him. I can, I can smell him, right? I got him. But what did it take? Faith and it's a little bit of effort on my part. Now, here's what happens. Go back, get reset up here. Oftentimes, we ask in faith, and nothing changes. Guess it wasn't God's will. Nothing changed the next day. I'll go, I'll figure it out on my own. Was the promise ours? It was. But did God not deliver, or did I choose to turn my back on what he said? Man, it's tempting to do. And here's even worse. I ask in faith, and I've been believing, I've been speaking God's word for that promise, and I pulled a little closer. And then a year goes by, but I'm still speaking, I pull a little closer, and then five years goes by, and I speak, and it's a little closer. And it's so close. But it's been a decade, it's been 10 years, still hasn't shown up. Must not be. God must not want it. And it was closer than you ever imagined. But I'm going to tell you something. Here's the grace of God. When you're believing for something, even if this represents you right now, you've been praying for a long time, but you feel like you've given up praying. You've given up speaking. You've given up hoping. The grace of God is this. You can go back and say, Lord, help me pick up where I left off. By faith, Lord, I'm going to keep believing. And I know five years ago I stopped believing, but I'm going to keep believing. And every day I'm going to speak your word because death and life are in the power of the tongue until eventually... Lord, I got what you have for me, what you've said in your word. But do you see how we don't get to see this in the spiritual? But when you understand this principle of, I have it by faith, and it's not weird, and it's not flaky, and I'm not quoting scripture as some, uh, you know, magic potion to get God to answer my prayer. No, it's walking with him, and it's trusting his timing. But it takes speaking and believing in the waiting. Would you give it up for Gavin here? You can go ahead and sit down, Bubba. You just let it drop. As I wrap up, I know I went a little long. I want to take a moment, and I want to pray over the moms. And in a message like this, it, it, you can't help but think about one of the greatest mothers in Scripture, Sarah, who her and her husband believed for kids for years. And God showed up and gave them a miraculous son. And here's how it says at the end of her story, it says this in Genesis 21. It says, the Lord kept his word and he did for Sarah exactly what he promised to do. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. God's timing is perfect. Trust him. Walk by faith keep believing, keep speaking. You're one day closer and you're closer than you think you are.
before I pray over the moms, one last thing. I feel like God put this specifically on my heart for you. In the seat back in front of you, and if there's not one, when you leave today, they're on our resource table, there's one of these bookmarks that says Mother's Day. And I want every mom in here to take one of these. If your mom's not here, but you would like to give her one of these, we have plenty, take one. On the back of it, it has three phrases that I feel like God put specifically on my heart for you. And the first one is this, you're doing better than you think you are. The second is you're more valuable than others say you are. And the third is this, you're more loved than you realize you are. You're doing better than you think you are. Sometimes as moms, your worst critic, and the person that's hardest on you is yourself. You're doing better than you think you are. Keep your chin up. Keep going forward. Keep believing. You're more valuable than others say you are. Well, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Stop. Being a stay-at-home mother is one of the greatest callings in the world. Being a mother is one of the greatest callings and privileges in the world. You get to shape the next generation and you get to put warriors in the next generation, spiritual warriors that can continue to take the gospel forward. Where would we be without godly mothers? You're so much more valuable than you think you are. Don't ever downplay the little things that you think are little that you do every day. Keeping those babies clean and smelling somewhat decent is a very important role. Don't downplay it. You're more loved than you realize you are. Don't for a second think that anyone in your family would be better off if you weren't around. That's a lie from the enemy. You are way more loved than you think you are. We turn this into a bookmark so that you can take this and you can put it in your Bible. And as you read in your Bible, you'll constantly be reminded of what God says about you, of what God says. You're doing better than you think you are. You're more valuable than others say you are. You're more loved than you realize you are. We realize that Mother's Day is a celebration. It's a day to honor moms, but I also know that sometimes Mother's Day has some sadness tied to it. It can be tough for some moms for a variety of reasons. For some of you, you may have babies in heaven that you've never met. I wanna pray for you. Some ladies in this room, you want to be a mom, but you haven't been able to yet. I wanna pray for you. I'm gonna take a moment. I wanna pray for all the moms, no matter your situation. If you're currently a mom, if you're praying and believing to be a mom someday, if you've maybe lost a baby, maybe you lost a child, the child passed away before you, I wanna pray for you. If you have a child who is maybe not living for the Lord and is far from God, I wanna pray for you today. Maybe you're in here, and I wanna pray for you for this one as well. This one's a little unique. Maybe you're in here and you'd say, I'm not married, but I'm believing for a spouse and I have been believing for a while, but I wanna be a mom. But I haven't found the right guy yet. And I'm in that, you're in that season of life where you, you've, you're ready. Here's what I wanna ask for all the moms. Would you, I wanna have you stand up, not to embarrass you, but I wanna have you stand up as we pray for you. Would the moms stand up, please? For any one of those, you're currently a mom. Maybe you're a mom that's lost a child or a baby. Maybe you're trying to be a mother and you've had fertility issues. Maybe you're in here and you'd say, Pastor Dan, I want to, I want to be a mom some, someday, but I haven't found a godly man. 
If you have the faith to stand, I would love to pray for you. Here's what we're going to do right there. All the mothers, would you just turn your hands, just palms up as a way of receiving this prayer. If you're a family member of one of the moms standing, you can feel free to put your, just put your hand on them just as a way of agreeing in prayer. All the family members, just put your hands on them. Let me pray for you. I'm going to try to do my best to pray for all of you in a specific, specific way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, right now we say thank you. Thank you for these women who have sacrificed more than maybe any other human will ever know. Thank you for sending them, for calling them. Thank you for equipping them for motherhood. I thank you, Lord, that through the power of your Holy Spirit, you have given them everything they need to raise these little munchkins <laughs> and to set them on the right track. Thank you for godly moms. Lord, I pray that today you would bring peace and joy to the moms in this room. Let today be a day of peace. Let today be a day of joy in their heart, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would heal the hearts of those moms who have lost babies or lost children. Would you heal their heart today? Would you bring freedom in their life today, Lord, from past guilt or, or a heaviness, Lord? Would you bring healing? Lord, I ask that would you encourage, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you encourage the moms whose kids are far from you, who've strayed and who are doing their own thing. Lord, I ask, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you bring those prodigals home? Would you draw them home? Would you call them home into your kingdom, into your family once again? Would you encourage those mothers today? Lord, I pray for the women who want to be moms, but some medical reason or some medical mystery is keeping them from conceiving. Lord, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, would you heal their bodies, restore their wombs, heal their wombs in Jesus' name. And I speak life, multiplication in Jesus' name into them, into their bodies right now. Lord, I pray for the women who maybe they haven't found a godly man yet to start a family with. And I ask you, Lord, to bring the right man at the right time. Someone who's going to partner with them, walk with them, be with them, serve them, love them as you do the church. I ask you for it in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to bless. Bless all these mothers. Bless my sisters in Christ. Let today be a joyful day, a healing day, a peaceful day. In Jesus' holy name, everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.